This is a KSHSAA production. First down from the 17 is where they mark it officially. Here's Hancock breaks back at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Jaden. Down to the other end, misses, shot won't go up the gun, and Eudora comes from way behind and goes crazy. Welcome to another installment of the KSHSAA podcast. I am Jeremy Holiday. Thank you for tuning in. The leaves are certainly falling and the temperatures are dropping, so that means fall championship season is upon us. Most timely is the state soccer tournament coming up November 7th and the 8th. And interesting note about the state soccer tournament for the boys competition is all three teams that won the championship last year will be competing again for in the final four here as we coming up. As we look in the 6A state soccer championship that will be hosted here at Topeka, Hummer Sports Park. We have Olathe East facing off against Wichita East, and then Topeka Washburn Rule will face Overland Park Blue Valley Northwest, who is the defending state champion in 6A. On to the 5A competition. Overland Park State Thomas Aquinas, with a record of 17 and 2, is looking for their 16th state championship in boys soccer won it last year. They will face off against Wichita Bishop Carroll in the first round, and Andover will take on Kansas City J.C. Harmon in the other semifinal match. In the 4-3-2-1A State Soccer Championship, Rose Hill will take on DeSoto at 5 o'clock, and Shawnee Mission Bishop Miege will look to repeat as they take on Ottawa at 7 o'clock. And again, those times are on our website, the first semifinal game of those tournaments will start at 5, and then following the game will be at 7 or shortly after the, the first semifinal game wraps up. On Saturday, the consolation game, third place game, will be at noon and followed by the championship game somewhere around 2 o'clock at all sites. Like I mentioned, fall championship season is certainly here, and some past events that have taken place since last we spoke with you is some state cross country and some state volleyball. Be sure to look at heartlandtiming.com to check out all the times for state cross country for the boys and girls, whether it was at Rimrock Farm or at Walmigo Country Club. We thank all the volunteers and the hosts at those sites for, for great events this year. State volleyball was October 31st and November 1st, and we saw a lot of repeats there as well as Olathe East in the 6A tournament repeated their championship as their win over Olathe Northwest, and Silver Lake went back-to-back as well, along with Bishop Miege in 4A. The other repeat champion was Centralia, who got their 12th state volleyball championship as they won the 1A Division I tournament out in Hayes. The last podcast, we talked about the regional meetings with the administrators that were coming up and the agenda that they were going to go over. Those meetings have concluded. The votes are being tallied of how the administrators voted on each issue within their classification or respective sport. The executive board meeting that is coming up November 19th and 20th, we will go over those decisions that were put forth by the administrators at the executive board meeting and put those minutes out there. And we'll discuss the happenings on the podcast as well after that takes place. On this episode, we'll sit down with David Sherry to talk a little state soccer, also some Stuco, the regionals that he went through, and uh, some Scholars Bowl that's coming up that he deals with here in the office. Brent Unruh will take us through a sports minute, and we'll sit down with Sarah Burgess, the athletic director at St. Thomas Aquinas, to talk about the great October and early November that they've had with this state championship run. All right, we're here now with David Cherry, assistant executive director with the association, and He's right now, he's working on soccer, some Stuco and some Scholars Bowl things that are coming up, among other things, getting ready for swimming and diving for sure. Um, But David, soccer season just wrapped up. Uh, Well, not wrapped up, I guess we're getting ready to wrap it up. And we kind of want to look back over the soccer season 
And one thing that was on the regional agenda meetings for our administrators was asking the question, if a, if a kid gets kicked out of a game, should he have to sit the next game? Well, that's always been the case in soccer. That's exactly right, Jeremy. The rule has always been that if you red card ejection, two yellows, red card ejection, you miss the rest of that game and the next game, and that's always been a soccer rule. Uh, it's never been that way on a coach, and that's part of the question as well. Should the coach set that? But our students have always set the next game if they've gotten a red card. Right, and that kind of leads in my next question is three or four years ago uh, here in Kansas, we made kind of made the initiative to get rid of the bad language in soccer. Right. Um, and it's something you've kind of tracked throughout the, the last few years. Normally we have about 100 red cards a year. That's just kind of typical. And if we have 100 red cards, 60, 70, even 75% of more language. And so of those 100, 60 to 75 red cards could be corrected. And we've gone out as an initiative and a point of emphasis in Kansas to say, coaches, they don't just do this at games. You know, they're doing it at practice. They're doing it in the hallways or whatever. We can clean that up. The last year that we recorded all these, we had 44 red cards last year instead of over 100. And 17 of those were language. So that's significant. If you can drop from between 60 to 70 down to 17, you've made a big impact. Now, looking at this year, looking back at them, we've had about 50 red cards, which is, again, about half as much. And of those, less than half of them have been language. So we've really made a conscious effort, and I want to thank those coaches for making that effort as well. And that's a good thing. And um, if we look into a some more management of the game type things. We look at concussion management and the headgear that is allowed in some sports um, and it's allowed in soccer, but it's not necessarily there to stop things. That's, that's right. Sure. It's not a concussion prevention, but we're the only sport that is a non-helmeted sport that allows the padded headband. Now the headband is a full 90 or there's other brands out there, but most of them are the full 90 that they wear. We have three or four schools that wear them all the time. And they feel like their concussions and their head injuries, lacerations, bruises, those kind of things, have gone way down. So that's one of those positive things about technology. But they, again, don't diminish or finish the concussion issue. It's still important to, to watch your kids and, and make sure that they are, have been evaluated if they have some head injuries. And our sports medicine advisory uh, committee came up with a statement on the headgear issue. I, I encourage you to visit our website. That's great. And it going to the Sports Medicine Committee, it's really important that they're released back into play whether they're wearing it or not. And that's the key to that concussion management. It's very true. Getting back into soccer, we have state soccer coming up this weekend, November 7th and 8th. And the inter interesting thing about this this year is that all three champions from last year's boys soccer are coming back. You have Bishop Miege in 4A, St. Thomas Aquinas in 5A, and Blue Valley Northwest in 6A. That's correct, and that doesn't really happen very often. We get a, a cycle that all three have made it back, so it's it's going to be an exciting tournament. Somebody emailed me yesterday, are there any good games to come to? Boy, they're all good games. At this level, the records, I was just looking at a total of eight losses combined in the 6A, for example. Pretty good, and having it here in Topeka this year, Washburn Rule have a great crowd, so that will really make an atmosphere that is really exciting. And we're looking forward to that for sure. Uh, kind of moving on to another assignment that David covers here in the office, and, and that is Stuco. And he just finished a regional meetings all throughout the state, um, had a good turnout at, at every one, and 
Uh, he has got an advisor's workshop coming up on November 12th here in the office. So, David, kind of wrap us up on the, what happened in the regional meetings, how you felt it went, and, and what exactly the advisor workshop is. Student council is one of those activities that we do out of the association. We are the only state that an assistant director is the student council sponsor or overseer of all the things that happen. Uh, regional conferences is a two-week tour. We do eight sites, two different weeks. We go about 30. Uh, 500 miles, see about 3,500 kids. Uh, it's a great event. Judson Lipley, who is the person that does the evolution of dance. So if you haven't seen that, go uh, YouTube that. It's great. We had such a good time uh, traveling all around Kansas, and he finished every show with doing about a seven and a half minute show of evolution of dance. Uh, it was terrific, and the kids responded, and it was kind of fun to see the advisors kind of tapping their toes because it goes all the way back to, to Elvis and Michael and all of the things. So it was really fun. And this next Wednesday, we have the uh, advisors workshop. We have between 30 to 50 advisors that normally come on, those, on that day. Uh, this year, I have uh, Bob Triansky, who's going to talk about let X equal student activities. It's a great program. And I also have Lori Kiblinger from Chinood, a longtime student council sponsor that is going to give out great ideas. So if you still haven't registered, we'll take you on Wednesday. So show up. Okay. And then a few days next later, we have the Scholars Bowl Validation Committee coming in. So tell us what in the world that is. I'll tell you what, Buffer Week is not a quiet week for me. Uh, KI AAA on Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Uh, soccer before that. We have advisors on student council on Wednesday. And the validation committee comes in Friday, Saturday. And this is a group that will actually select all the questions for regionals and state. These are brilliant people. When I step in the room, the IQ drops about 50 points because they're just terrific. They're uh, brilliant. They know their stuff. Uh, we have about 10,000 questions that they go over in all seven categories. Every school that participates in Scholars Bowls submits online 35 questions. And they go through these cards and manipulate them and say, oh, here's some good questions. Here's some bad questions. We'll toss those out. And they actually figure out what order that they're going to be asked at the regionals at the state conference. It's a group of about 25 to 30. Um, they spend the entire weekend, Friday and Saturday, getting them all in and picking the questions and then getting them up in the format we need. Yeah, it's a room that I definitely try to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's gone great. Bob... Um, Mandalay out of our office has done so much technology stuff. Now it is done all online and we figure it all out and it's pretty slick. And again, that's, that's way above my head, thanks to Bob and, and what we've done here in the office. Well, David, thanks for joining us to talk about soccer and, and some activities outside of sports that are coming up. Thanks for asking, asking me to do it, Jeremy. One thing that I wanted to look back on, on October 15th, we met with our student advisory team, which is students that are made up from each classification. So we have a boy and a girl from each 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A, and 6A. Um, usually a junior and a senior, they serve a two-year term. And basically what they do for us is they come in twice a year and we meet, sit down and meet and talk about what the students are hearing out there, if they have any input as far as rules changes or anything that they see that the association has done. They can ask questions as to why we did that. We we let them know how we do regionals, how we set that up, the, the maps that are involved, and, and who puts in to host. 
Podcast. And they also select our championship t-shirt designs from Sunflower Marketing. So we let them give some input of what is what do the kids want to see when they on their championship t-shirts. And they also go in and record some PSAs for us at over at WIW that are sent to radio stations all throughout Kansas to use uh, for their PSA spots that they're have to use on a mandatory basis. Uh, we sat down with Bailey Risewick just to introduce her to the Kansas and just to get her intake on the student advisory team. Okay, we're here with Bailey Risewick. Bailey, kind of introduce yourself to where tell us where you're from and what you're involved with in the school. Hi, my name is Bailey Risewick. I'm from Flint Hills High School and I'm a senior there. Um, I participate in forensics, drama, scholars bowl, uh, NHS, STUCO, and other leadership programs within the school. Bailey's in her second year on the student advisory team and so she's done most of everything before. Uh, you were The t-shirt designs picked out those out again this year. How's that process for you? Um, it's It takes a while but it's really worth it to see your t-shirt designs on people at school. I sit, see people on the street and I'm like, hey I designed that shirt. Yeah. Have, another thing that they did today was they went to WWW, recorded PSAs, you're kind of a pro at it now since it's your second year, but how's that process? Uh, it's really fun and enjoyable. Um, I actually had someone approach me and say that they did hear me on the radio. They nice. heard one of my PSAs. So so you're famous there in Flying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If we look back on today and going forward, is there you, everybody gets together at the beginning of the meetings and you kind of see that you see large schools and, and small schools. You, you're a part of the 1A, so you see look across the table and you see 400 kids in one classification. Yeah. What's that like? It's like shell shock, kind of. We don't even have 400 people in our district, so it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's just a little bit about what the student advisory team does and, and what all they get exposed to here at the office. It's time now to sit down with our certified athletic trainer, Brent Unruh, for our sports medicine moment. This is the time of year, from a medical perspective, when uh, skin issues and skin infections become a big, a big topic of consideration in our schools. Uh, the sport of wrestling is usually the the sport most affected by skin issues, but um, any sport where there's body to body contact, uh, there can be a there can be issues with skin infections. So there's just some simple things to remember when dealing with athletes and trying to control and prevent skin infection. One of the first things you want to emphasize to all of your athletes is that they need to be showering immediately after every practice and every game. Um, another thing you want to emphasize is that their workout clothing should be washed after every practice. You don't want to leave them in the lockers um, sweaty and dirty. Uh, personal gear such as knee pads, braces, singlets, things like that should also be washed after every competition and practice. Also encourage your athletes not to be sharing items in the locker room such as towels and things like that because that's a really easy way for infections to be transferred from one person to another and try to refrain encourage your athletes not to be doing any type of cosmetic shaving uh, because that's another uh, easy way to start some skin infections if any type of potential skin lesion or skin infection is noticed on any of your athletes they need to see uh, seek medical attention right away so get them to your athletic trainer to a physician or somebody that works with your school that handles uh, medical issues and get that evaluated right away uh, you don't want to let something go for a couple days um, that 
could potentially uh, end up infecting the rest of your team. And if you do get to a point where it seems that um, an outbreak is taking place, where multiple members of your team are coming down with similar infections, it's best to just get the whole team evaluated at that time, uh, just to be sure that it hasn't spread to anyone else and try to get everything under control. And in those situations as well, um, if you've just recently had a competition with another school, it's best to inform that school as well that uh, you know, you're know you noticing something on your team that they might want to keep their eyes open for with their kids since they were most likely exposed to it. We do have some good resources on our website in terms of uh, how to control skin infections and some good educational uh, resources on that matter. So if you go to our sports medicine and safety menu, uh, you'll find some links there that'll take you to some information that may be of benefit. Uh, the main thing is uh, just try to keep everything as clean as you can. Um, keep wrestling mats clean, keep equipment clean, and just try to use common sense. And hopefully you'll be able to avoid any type of uh, major outbreak uh, within your school. Best of luck this uh, season as you go into your winter sports. All right, we're now joined by Sarah, with Sarah Burgess here of the Athletic Director at St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, Sarah, thanks for joining us, and, and have you had time to... Get all the pep rallies and celebrations completed over this past weekend and into the next this first weekend and get some school activities done. Well, uh, well, first of all, thank you for calling and it's my pleasure to be with you. Um, pep rallies and all of that—that's gotta. We're gonna put that on hold for now, but it it has been a busy fall for us to say the least. Well, and just kind of looking over the month of October with uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, we were talking earlier. Girls golf, third place. Boys cross country, first place. Girls cross country, first place, which was a back-to-back championship following a perfect score last year and just shy of a perfect score this year. And then, I guess real quickly, talk about those three championships. And before, we'll we'll kind of save volleyball neck for a conversation here down the road here. Sure. Uh, Well, our girls golf program has been uh, traditionally very strong uh, in our history and uh, didn't have a, a true uh, stud, if you will, to carry the team. I think that's what you need in girls' golf especially. And uh, But they did very well at state and uh, took a third-place trophy. And, you know, when you bring home hard work from state, you never want to take it for granted. And so I'm proud of them. Uh, they, they went out and competed and, and brought home a trophy. So, you know, it wasn't what they wanted, but that's the way it goes. And cross country showed up at Rimrock on a Friday. as was a day earlier than than usual. It ended up being pretty good, probably for people like you who wanted to go to cross country and volleyball. Uh, but the cross country teams put on another impressive showing. I tell you, cross country. I don't think we had a third of the school was up there at Rimrock this uh, this past uh, Friday. Uh, when they have an opportunity to go support their team and miss a little bit of school, I guarantee you they get they will take the opportunity. And uh, and our cross country coach really appreciated uh, the support. I think we had a big army out there, and uh, they deserve it. You know those kids don't get a lot of recognition throughout the year like the the high profile sports, and they work their rear ends off. So I'm so happy for Coach Frigley and and also for our boys. You, you know, I think that's their fifth title in our history, and our girls, I think it was a three-peat, not a repeat, in, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they just work so hard, and it, I'm just glad to see the fruits of their labor pay off, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're moving on to, so we just wrap up a couple cross-country championships on October 31st. We move into the weekend, 
and I was there. I was able to watch you guys uh, defeat St. James, who who you took on last year in the volleyball finals, and and I was able to witness the girls and you personally were, were very elated for the team, and it was a very exciting moment for the school. Absolutely, and any time you can de- defeat a, a program like St. James and uh, all of their history and in their short time they've been around, uh, they're a rival, you know, Catholic school rival, and and uh, we they've had our number. And uh, just to be able to do it in the finals of the state tournament, I'm so happy for Coach Bogart and Coach Creters, but especially for Kim who is retiring this year, and it was very emotional. We knew that going in, and for her to go out a winner, it was just absolutely uh, the best way you could go out, you know. Very, very happy for the girls. Uh, they worked very hard, and and I'm just extremely pleased for them. We know that success at St. Thomas Aquinas is, isn't something new. Um, it's been a great month of October and a great fall season, but do you contribute anything that's maybe um, – that you guys do regularly within your activities as far as making sure people are prepared or, or what's the what's the secret to your guys' success as far as dedication and all uh, that forth? Well, I don't know that we have any special uh, potion that nobody else has, <laughs> but uh, I think it starts with uh, a good coaches, and we've had, thankfully, continuity in our coaching staff. They work hard uh, year-round and uh, prepare and our kids play year round, whatever they're in club, they're in, you know, they have the opportunity via their parents, uh, to participate and get the best coaching and, and attend tournaments and, and, you know, whatever it takes. So our parents are absolutely the backbone of, uh, our success, I believe. And, uh, our kids do work hard and our coaches work them hard. So I don't think it's anything different than any other school, but the expectations at Aquinas are so high and and everybody wants to keep that bar where it is and and raise it even higher and I think that that pride of being a a St. Thomas Aquinas athlete carries a lot of our our programs. One thing we wanted to do here today was kind of give listeners an idea of what uh, an athletic director has to do almost immediately when a when they get a team qualify for a state tournament or a state event you know yet last night soccer team wins two to nothing over Shawnee Mill Valley they'll be going to the state tournament I know you guys won't be traveling far for that but in some events you do have to travel far whether it's basketball Mm -hmm. volleyball football anything like that what are the steps or the procedures you usually take when a team qualifies for state and all the work that that goes into making sure the team is taken care of whether it's travel food, uh, you know, pass gates, pass lists, all, all those things. Sure. Um, well, I mean, you don't want to take anything for granted, but uh, it first starts with my assistant, Michelle Ellison, in, in the office. Like, she is uh, – you have to have a good assistant. Any AD would tell you that. And uh, we don't take anything for granted, but we like to presume that we're going to be in the finals or in the playoffs, and we plan in the summer – she gets buses in the summer. She gets hotel rate, uh, reservations in the summer. We take care of all of that for all of our programs. And then if they don't qualify, then we cancel the reservation. But doing it at the last minute, you know, you're almost guaranteed a, a, a fail. And uh, we let our parents run, uh, you know, run around and try to find their reservations. So we take care of our athletes and our and our coaches and all of that in the summertime. And uh, and then 
you don't have to scurry around at the last minute. But taking doing the the forms, all of that, I think, you know, it's. It, I feel like I just, you know, you you know what you need to do, and you just do it, and uh, you you submit them, and people wanting on the pass list, you know, there's not enough spots for everybody, so you just try to, you know fill where you need and, you know, get a PO out and pay for the extras if you have to. So we have alternates and things like that you have to worry about. And, you know, you just try to, you know, take care of it. Right. And no matter – one thing to understand is that no matter how many times a school makes it to state, each year or every two years there's going to be a new set of parents or a new set of kids that it's it's new to them. So uh, the consistency on your part, is big because you've been there and done that before right and you know you have to submit your your pictures you got to make sure the, the right picture gets in you know you might have added a kid since the time you took a picture in august so you want to make sure you get the right thing in there and you don't want to hurt any feelings and leave anybody off uh, a roster and that you know has happened unfortunately and you, you certainly don't do that intentionally take care of meals and things like that but uh, you don't want to take things for granted at St. Thomas Aquinas. And I got on the intercom this morning to our kids. It's like, you know, we're still rolling, and let's get behind the soccer team. They're playing at 5 o'clock, and thanks to the state for allowing that to happen because we're local and we're, we can turn around and come back and support our football team at 7 o'clock. So it's nice to be able to do that, but I don't want our, our kids and our community to be satisfied, and and uh, we need to keep this thing rolling, and, and uh, I think people are excited for that. You're right, and soccer this weekend – uh, they'll take on Bishop Carroll. Yeah, Bishop Carroll. I think so, we played him last year. Yeah, so nothing. Game. But uh, so soccer, you guys can all check that out on the Cation Network. You can tell all your parents and, and students and everybody out there the Cation Network will have the 5A soccer tournament free and online. Um, and then, like you said, football at Bonner Springs. So a lot going on this weekend again for you. Uh, we wish you the best of luck, and, and uh, I'll see you there Friday. Perfect. Yeah, Olathe, so that sounds Well, it'll good. be right here. Are you coming to soccer or are you coming to football? I'll be You're coming to soccer. welcome to both. <laughs> well, I'm welcome to both. That's good to know. Uh, no, I'll be at soccer. Well, I appreciate the phone call and um, everything that Keisha does for us. We thank Sarah for taking time out of her day to join us here on the podcast to talk about some Aquinas activities. And that'll do it for this episode of the Keisha Podcast. Stay tuned next time as we'll t- preview some state championship football competition. And then we'll, before you know it, we'll be getting into basketball. So thanks for tuning in.